It is a great pleasure, a great privilege to be here with you this morning. Amen. Sherry and I couldn't wait to get here so that we together in company could make our way to the shore of the Sea of Galilee and stand there with our bare feet and toes curling up in the sand and the Lord Jesus sitting on a ship slightly out from shore giving us some parables and then shooing the multitude away and taking us home to Peter's house in Capernaum and explaining the rest of the parables to us and then asking us, do you understand everything? And we say, yay, Lord, we do. It's a privilege to be here. and It's a choice as to how excited and zealous you are right. about being in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Let's forget the Marthas. I told some wives already this morning that there wouldn't be a problem with women never doing dishes on Sunday. They should leave them for their daughters on Monday because that's Martha. Where's the Marys that just want to give the Lord's day to the Lord as much as they possibly can? And so all of us can be Marys right now. Let's sit at the feet of Jesus and, and hear what he has to teach us. And he has to teach us a wide variety of things, new and old, that householders and ministers of the gospel are able to preach in successive generations. Some of the topics we're going to look at today are the most serious topics in the whole world, in the whole universe, about the coming judgment of the great God. The whole world rushes on without ever giving any of them a thought. But we've been saved from that. And we're the wheat, and we're going to be in his barn. We're not going to be in the furnace of fire. There won't be wailing and gnashing of teeth. There's going to be loud singing and joyful praise in his barn. Please turn in your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, I speak to those that love the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. I pray that all of God's elect would and love him more than they did yesterday and love him more than they did one hour ago. Right. Many of you love the book of Hebrews and many of you love the first chapter of Hebrews. Let me remind you of how beautiful that first chapter is by just reading a few words that open it. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Amen. And then it goes on to describe that Son as being so superior to the prophets. The apostle left that in two verses. But then being superior to the angels. Which brings us to Hebrews chapter 2. And I want to read the first four verses to you. Therefore... Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and with gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. And so there's a question mark there because the last three verses, verses two through four are a question. Verse one is a statement. The therefore is because of chapters, chapter one's glory about Jesus, the Son of God, being sent to us. It says more earnest heed, more is putting it in comparison to the Old Testament religion. Right. 
In the Old Testament religion of God, Jehovah was a serious religion. But we ought to give the New Testament religion of God's Son visiting us more earnest heed, which we have heard because it's Jesus that has spoken the New Testament. Verse 2 of 1, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. The preaching of Jesus Christ, lest at any time we should let them slip. Every day, including today, including yesterday, including tomorrow, can be the day that you let gospel things slip from being the most important part of your life. And it will take you down. And it is offensive to God. And He can blind you and take away from you what you think you have. He can leave you in deceitful darkness. Because you didn't love the truth that He offered you. And so that first verse, therefore, because of chapter 1, we ought, this is what we should do today, give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard of the New Testament gospel, lest at any time we should let them slip. We have to commit ourselves and recommit ourselves this day to be committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ and not let it slip from being the most important thing to us. Verse 2, for if the word spoken by angels... That is the Old Testament religion because it was given by the disposition of angels on Mount Sinai. The Old Testament was given by angels. The Bible tells us that in numerous places, and it tells us that right here. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, it never changed. God's law given under the Old Testament was, was sincere and singular and consistent and did not change. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Men died left and right under the Old Testament by breaking its rules. The Old Testament judgment was for a, a dispensation given by angels, and every sin was justly punished. If that's true, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every sin was judged justly and appropriately, how shall we escape of the New Testament? especially the New Testament Jews. But how shall we escape if we do what? What will be our sin? What will be our sin? Neglect. Neglect. It kills me to see those that neglect. They neglect the worship of God. They neglect the love of Christ. They neglect the praise of Christ. They neglect the love of the brethren. We cannot neglect. We cannot neglect the great salvation that he's given to us in the New Testament gospel. How shall we escape judgment if we neglect that great New Testament gospel that was spoken by God's Son? Notice in the middle of verse 3, at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. See, our religion was given not by angels and not by Moses, but by Jesus of Nazareth, who is the Son of God, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. We have eyewitness accounts written in the book of Acts. It's called Acts of the Apostles because the apostles confirmed what Jesus said and explained it to us and then wrote epistles to churches in that part of the world. Verse 4, and God also, here's a third source of New Testament religion. God confirmed what the apostles taught, that Jesus had taught them by signs and wonders and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. God gave all this confirming witness for us to know that he sent truth into this world and we can't neglect it. It's so easy for it to slip. I'm a 63-year-old man and I know about it slipping. 
And I know about it slipping in you. And let's not let it slip. And let's not neglect it. Let's fear. And let's rejoice. You should only fear for a few seconds. What do you do in those few seconds? Confess and recommit. Tell the Lord you love Him and His message. And you're here, to, to, you're here today to hear His Son and to rejoice in His Son and to show zeal toward His Son. The Father loveth the Son. Let's love Him and honor the Father that way. And so I leave with you. Let's give the more earnest heed than anybody in the Old Testament ever did. And there were men in the Old Testament that were very dedicated and very zealous. Let's give the more earnest heed. Let's not let the gospel slip. It slips. Slip sliding away. Let's not let it slip. Let's not. How shall we escape? There is no escape. That's a rhetorical question. There is no escape if we neglect it. He will judge us. The gift is too great. The son is too honorable for us to let things slip about him. He punished men under the Old Testament for just hearing a do or die on tables of stone instead of by the Spirit of God and the fleshy tables of our heart. And it's about His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's not neglect it. Here we are. You know, you can be sitting here and neglect it. Many people sit on chairs, many people sit in pews and neglect because their minds are wandering, they're critical, they're negative about what's being said, what's being preached. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do this. Let's not neglect what Jesus teaches us today. We are going to go to the shore of the Sea of Galilee and hear him. And don't worry. I'm in the front row, but you can hear him just as well behind me. And I hope you're all saying to yourself, who do you think you are? I'm in the front row and you're behind me. And that's okay. Let's show our zeal today about the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord God, our Father, what else needs to be said except we ask thee to bless us? Jesus told his apostle, blessed are your ears, for they hear. Blessed are your eyes, for they see. We thank thee, O Holy Father, that by the power of the Holy Ghost you have regenerated us and given us hearing ears and seeing eyes. And not only that, you have caused us in your providential decrees to be born on this side of John, Jesus, and the apostles and the confirming ministry of the Holy Ghost for us to know the joyful sound of the New Testament gospel. We thank thee for the content that you've given us. You first gave us the ability to see and to hear, and then you gave us content to see and hear that many wise men, many righteous men, many kings desired to see and to hear and never did. We are blessed abundantly. And we pray that this day you will stir us up. And Heavenly Father, it doesn't all belong to thee. We ask you to, to work, to will, and to do of your good pleasure in us, as you already have, and for us to work out that salvation with fear and trembling. But we're only going to fear and trouble a little bit, Lord, because we're also going to rejoice in the great salvation that we have. Hold us back from neglecting it. Hold us firm, lest it slip. Heavenly Father, we know that we will be worthy of judgment. We'll be worthy of you taking away the truth that you've shown us. We'll be worthy of you taking away the zeal that we have for thee if we neglect thee this day. We ask you to forgive us our sins of neglect. Forgive us our sins of letting it slip. And stir us up, Heavenly Father. 
Oh, Lord, we want to see the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to hear Him. We want to understand Him. And we want to bear 100-fold fruit. We don't want to be weak ground. We don't want to be average ground. We want to be the best of the good ground and bear much fruit. Oh, Holy Father, be with us today and help us. And what we pray for ourselves, we pray for every minister of Thine throughout the world, that you will bless him with power and boldness and understanding and eloquence that he may convey the glorious truth of the New Testament gospel to his hearers. And bless those hearers, O Lord, to hear and to see and to understand and obey. We thank thee for this privilege. Thank you, Lord, for saving our souls. Thank you for introducing yourself to us. Thank you for introducing your son to us. Thank you for giving us your perfect word in our own language. Thank you for giving us this church. Thank you for giving us this brotherhood. And, O Lord, we're in company today to see thy Son. Teach us, move us, persuade us, and we'll serve thee all of our lives with all that we have in Jesus' name. And for his honor and glory and thine, because you're his Father, amen. The Lord Jesus chased down the man born blind at the end of John chapter 9. He had just been savaged by the Pharisees, the poor guy. He he handled himself right well, if you read the account. But Jesus found him and said, Dost thou believe in the Son of God? Lord, who is he that I might believe? It is he that speaketh to thee. Oh. <laughs> We're going to meet the Lord today at the Sea of Galilee. Amen. Just hold me down my seatbelt for a while. We have some other things to do until then. <laughs>